You're listening to Dish It Up, a monthly podcast serving up the latest news, trends, and events relating to the San Diego food scene. This podcast is recorded as a collaboration between Pacific Magazine and Facebook group Eating and Drinking in San Diego. It is released on the second Monday of each month and hosted on the UT Podcast Network. If you want to continue the conversation, be sure to visit the EDSD group on Facebook and head to PacificSanDiego.com for updates on restaurant openings, new menus, chef profiles, and food forward events. Also, be sure to check out Kiss My Glass, our sister podcast, focusing on drinking around San Diego, which hits podcast platforms on the fourth Monday of every month. Without further ado, here's your host, Edwin Rial. This is the Dish It Up podcast. I am Edwin Rial, your host. This is a collaboration podcast between eating and drinking in San Diego and Pacific Magazine. Today's guest is Lauren Hodson. She is the owner of Lefties. They have two locations, one in North Park and then the second location in Mission Hills. Lauren, how are you? Hey, Edwin. All right. Nice to be here. I remember the first time I met you. It was at Small Bar. And we were doing uh, like a wine dinner, I believe it was. Like La Quesa, the yeah. It was. And I didn't know who, you know, I've been going to Lefties forever, and I didn't know it was you next to me, because I had never met you. And I actually like had a fanboy moment. I had the same thing, Edmund. I remember that very, very well. We were both like, oh my God. It's you. I'm in your presence. <laughs> so tell us, uh, how long has Lefties been around? 15 years in North Park. And then when did you open up Mission Hills? I'm open 10 years in Mission Hills. And how's business? Good enough. (laughs) There's so many closures and changes in North Park. How does that affect? I was to the point of closing my doors and had found someone to buy the place. And when that was sale was going through, my partner, husband, Lefty, decided not to do it. Thought we could, you know, turn it around and make it what it was back in the day. So we're in the process right now of trying to figure out how to save that lefties. You know, it's a community that we love. I mean, it's a corner that, I mean, I can't like go there and not cry. I mean, with with happy tears, because it's just so much has changed in North Park, you know? So letting go of that space isn't an easy thing to do. Well, I know I've told you before, like uh, I had my business uh, from 2004 to 2009, and you had just opened around that time as well. 2004. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And um, I would trade cakes and pastries with your guys all the time for pizza. Um, and so I've always had this, like, great fondness for lefties. And back, you know, back in the day, there was nothing in North Park on that end of North Park. That was Wolf's. Remember Wolf's? Oh, I totally remember Wolf's. That's now um, a Bluefoot. It is Bluefoot. And it was then, Rebar in the middle. Oh, yeah, it was Rebar <laughs> in the middle. And then across the way, instead of uh, the North Parker, it was the, the thrift store. Well, it was the... Gypsy Office Supply first, which was just so cool. And we were just talking about thrifting, you yeah. know? And that was a place, like, I mean, you couldn't find much. There was so much stuff. And then Pat took it over. And then Pat's, yeah. And she was just a staple in the community for so, so long. I think everybody's furniture was from Pat's, you know? But here's the thing. I mean, you were a pioneer Mm. in a lot of ways for that neighborhood. And now you have all these shiny new objects. How do shiny new objects hurt small businesses that have been established there? Well, they're distracting to the eye of the consumer, you know, I mean, they're walking down the street and they're like, ooh, that's so pretty. Let's go check it out. You know, I mean, going out to eat 
I believe at least 50% of your choice is because of the atmosphere, the ambiance, the, you know, the vibe of the place. The food can be subpar and you're still going to go back if you had a really great time, you know? Yeah. Um, so the distraction of the shiny is the number one thing. You know, there, there's also a lot of money in the shiny, which is not a bad thing. You know, when big restaurant groups come in, um, they have a lot of backing and they have a lot of financial resource. So they're not hurting. They're not going through like, oh, my God, am I going to be able to make my payroll this week? Or, you know, can I pay my vendor? You know, I, I, I can't pay sales tax. And, oh, they're going to take my license. And, you know, there's a lot of things for a small business owner where we don't have like a big crew to follow you know the the sale or um, to to get the best price or I don't know to to have, lend money when they need it. Um, so there's a lot more frustration for the small business owner. You know, not having that kind of a resource. Um, you know, and then there's just a number of shiny new things. You know, it's right. not just a couple. I mean, it's the entire block of Thirtieth Street, really. From Upas to about what. Uh... I mean, I'd say all the way to Adams Avenue. Yeah, true. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, the way it's blown up is just incredible. And we as mom and pops, you know, Edwin, we still do that little trade thing. I mean, we believe deeply in that way of living and being supportive and, you know, being a community, you know, like uplifting each other. And it's it's just better. Sponsoring the Little League. Strength in that. Yeah, Little League or... Um, the Wounded Warriors program, you know, Balboa Hospital is really close. I mean, that's been another thing. Um, you know, there's just, it's such a military town. Like, you know, we've always been right there. And in the beginning, the police, you know, North Park was scary. It was really scary. Yeah. And so we had a really great relationship, you know, with the police and um, it kept us safer, you know. And I mean, things like that even change. You don't. <laughs> They go to the shiny new place. Right. <laughs> well, can. I know Luigi Agostini, who owns a, a pizzeria, Luigi, and he always told me, look, I I give discounts to all... Civil servants. Civil servants, Absolutely. right? And for him, it's about like having that atmosphere that people feel safe, and that's it all stemmed from being in Golden Hill back when it was GH and not the, you know, yeah. not the community. He opened at the same time as we did, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. he did. And, um, you know, it... it, it brings um, a bit of safety for that little discount that you do give them and they feel good about your place and they pack your place so it it, it makes sense to do that when when North Park is changing so rapidly how what do you do to try to keep up I mean you know your your menu has relatively remained the same um, so and your seating capacity hasn't changed how do you keep up well, I'm I'm not right now. Um, I'm, I'm wanting to change my seating and wanting to change my menu. And, uh, you know, the time between the two places is, you know, finding that ability to do that or the money to make it happen. Um, you know, that sort of it puts a, I don't know, a big roadblock up. And people still come. They like Chicago-style pizza. Fortunately for us, we're really niche. And there's a lot of Midwestern transplants in San Diego. So there's enough to survive for now. Um, and, you know, hopefully we'll we'll figure something out to attract people back to the corner. A new generation of lefties. A new generation of lefties. Yeah. Or, 
something else. I don't know. I remember talking to someone in your shop when you uh, opened up Goldfinch. And the way you guys trained was unique. You actually brought two groups of people, uh, you know, your, your your original staff, and then the new staff was slowly introduced to that. And then so when they went into lefties, the culture was already ingrained. Can you speak about that? Yeah, I still train like that. Um, I like to cross-train people, you know, with, and with several people. Who, I, mean, I have a lot of staff who have been with me for like a decade, you know. I mean, it's it's a great family, so I want the new people to feel like they're part of that fold. Um, and then the way that we present our food, again, the niche Chicago thing, I mean, there's a, a great nostalgia to it. So the customer, when they come in, I want our staff to be able to be like, yeah, I totally get what you're talking about. You know, you like your sandwich to fall apart, you know, whether they're Southern California native or, you know, a, a, also a transplant. Yeah, I still completely train like that. I'm, I've been going through a lot of turnover of late, and we just trained everybody at North Park because it is the vibe of lefties that we, we want to carry on. Right. You know, and it took a long time to get that same vibe at Goldfinch because it's so much bigger. It's a totally different kind of neighborhood. I don't think you could be as different between North Park and Mission Hills. Well, it's changed now. I mean, there's. I think there's a. it's very, very... Similar now, actually. Yeah, but um, 10 but then, years ago. 10 years ago, holy cow. You know, and I moved into the old Phil's Barbecue. So I had some really big boots to fill right there. To fill. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, man. <laughs> um, yeah, but, you know, we just, we kept pulling for the family and pulling for the, the children and supporting the Little League and the schools. The arts programs are really the biggest ones that we like to fund for schools. We do a lot for music in town because uh, it's a big part of us. I mean, it's a big part of Chicago, you know, loving music and supporting your artists and musicians, um, you know, supporting the worker. Like, that's like always been our kind of game. And if you're going to work there, you might as well learn something and grow and, you know, take it on. You know, don't waste your time. How did you get into that fill spot? Ooh. Do you recall? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I was pregnant with my third child and I had a brother and a brother-in-law who are working at lefties and we were in this place in our mind thinking well we sh- are we going to start expanding um, we have this growing family we want to support them and w- a cu- the Phil's people came in to eat all the time and so a couple of the guys were like man you should really move into Phil's we're- he's not going to go back there I mean Mission Hills wasn't the nicest to fill, and, and he was opening up Sports Arena, and it was such a, a cool thing to do, right? I just He just couldn't focus on Mission Hills, so they sort of offered it to us. Um, and, you know, we went through all of the, the regular ways of buying a business space, and we paid a good deal of money for it, and we had it for about a year before we actually opened because we had to change the kitchen around a little bit, um, build a longer hood and whatnot. Though when you walk in, it's you can tell it's, it's still filled. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you got Michael Jordan on the wall, and you know a whole bunch of Cubs stuff, and the White Sox in the bathroom, but it spills. Yeah. The wash stations outside. Oh, the wash station! <laughs> I'm never leaving that. And then yeah. I had that old scary mannequin of his for a, a long time. But it's, oh, it's right. In, the heads in my office. Recently, he sent me. He found a couple of fingers. <laughs> 
<laughs> and like left them for me in the office. You know, it was, it was very Al Capone. It was very gangster of him. You know, there's a couple of like broken off mannequin fingers. <laughs> Making his points. I, you know, he's been a great mentor. Anyway, um, that's sort of how Phil's happened. We, we were just fortunate to know the right people and, and we've stuck it out. It was, it's been hard over there too. Yeah. Um, but that's also another community that's just starting to grow up again. Restaurant wise and family wise. I mean, there's a lot of families moving in. Mission Hills. Also, um, Brooklyn Girl across from me oh, closed God, recently. Closed, yeah. 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 They opened while we were there and have closed already. And uh, Jimmy Carter's has left that neighborhood. And oh, I know. That yeah. Was the so best there's, one. yeah, there's a lot of things uh, that yeah. you've endured, and here you are. You're still standing and still breathing, and still. <sighs> I'm breathing so much. <laughs> really deep breaths. <laughs> but you know, again, it's 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 these small businesses that end up staying the course and doing their thing and being part of the community and doing all these amazing things for the area they're in and yet struggles occur Mm -hmm. you know because of being like pizza great margins but at the same time every all the costs are going up labor is going up rent is going up and so even though you have a a pretty good margin business it's still a difficult thing when all these things pile up and add up yeah and my pizza the margin on mine is completely different it's just a lot more intense to make and bake so the la- there's more labor uh, the cheese is like the best you can find I in my opinion so it's also the most expensive and a lot of these things are also commodities so when there's something going on with the cow you know our cheese prices go up and I can't just change my menu as that happens you know, and I mean, I still haven't done anything to raise pricing after minimum wage went up again, you know. Um, and will go up again. And again, which workers' comp goes up. And I mean, everything goes up when that happens. And of course, I want to pay the worker everything I can. But I don't also want to put it off on the consumer. Like, So it's a really, it puts you in a, a really hard place because they're both very important to me, you know. And you just, money just eludes me sometimes, you know. And plus, I have so much more than pizza on my menu. Yes, so much. I mean, yes. your your hot your uh, Chicago dog and fries, my go to, oh, with a slice of uh, deep sausage, yeah. and I go over to Lefty or to uh, Bluefoot, Bluefoot, watch my soccer matches. Perfect day. It is a perfect day. Yeah. I love that. I can hear everybody down at Bluefoot, you know, doing their little their cheers from like corner to corner. I mean, it's just like that. I don't know. That end of Thirtieth Street just has this real family thing, you know. Yeah. Underbelly has really, I mean, an influx. I mean, we've all, we just go together. It's something yeah. we do. Well, Jason at Influx is one of the great guys, too. Right? Oh, one of the greatest. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't. Uh, we I don't... talk all the time. <laughs> just ah. You know what I appreciate about Jason? He's still doing the hustle. Yes. Right? Yes, he's there every day. Every day. Every he's day. delivering to the, the three locations. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, there's something you appreciate a, about an owner mm-hmm. that still does the grind. Oh, my gosh. And he doesn't need to. You know, he could pay someone to do he could. all the things that he does. But no one would do it as good as him. Absolutely. And that's why Influx at all three locations has a different vibe, but they're all kind of similar. You know, the menus are similar. The the people who go there are kind of similar. Influx will always hold a special place in my heart. Mm, me too. You know. And here's the other thing about Jason, speaking just off 
he has been at the forefront of three neighborhoods, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Golden, Golden Hill, Hill started it all. Uh-huh. All of it. Uh, b- before Golden Hill, there was Krakatoa. Turf Club was kind of coming back up. Mm-hmm. But he helped elevate Golden Hill. And then when he moved into um, that part of North Park on 30th, yes. again, sp- doing something special. And then obviously Little Italy is the third location. And, you know, there was one coffee shop maybe, Cafe Italia, mm-hmm. in, in Little Italy at the time. So it was great having another choice. Yeah. And props to you, Jason, if you're listening. Yeah, I'll tell him too. <laughs> <laughs> um, who are some of the... You, you speak of, uh, of Phil as being a mentor. Who else do you look up to in the community as far as business owners? Well, I've definitely always looked up to Luigi, um, Matt from Bronx. You know, Karen and Kim Barnett from Small Bar, we talked about her already. You know, she's super inspiring to me, being a female business owner. You know, Jason I talk to all the time, and I have a, the Bluefoot boys I definitely have a relationship with. I mean, there's a lot of people that I can talk business with. Um, Pete DeCoste from Pete's Seafood and Sandwich, yeah. he worked at Lefty's for a long time. Did so he really? We, I didn't uh, know that. Almost five years. And, and he was like my number one guy in the kitchen. So we developed a a pretty intimate relationship so I I'm always talking with him as well you know and that's the community you know we can we'll all meet at Bluefoot and and have a moment and it just helps you know it helps to have those people yeah a group of yeah, people that yeah. you can bounce things off totally bounce things vent off. and oh not, my god and yeah. I talk about venting I have the whole Barping family you know yeah. <laughs> so they opened up just you know a couple years after us like right around time Bluefoot so bookended by great bars that little part of 30th street you know and we've been just rolling through all the punches together you know it's 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 cool how we can find time to uh be business owners and friends and friends and, and raise children together and you know yeah that night i met you robin who owns bar pink was actually on the other side of you yes so. yes she's always on the other side of me <laughs> <laughs> Where do you eat in North Park when you're not eating at your own place? Oh, gosh, I don't eat at my own place. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I can't even eat cheese anymore, Edwin. It's the saddest thing. Oh. It was my favorite, yeah. You know, ba- having babies changes the whole chemistry of your body. <laughs> um, I do eat at my place. I lie. I eat beef fries. Be- uh, tell us more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a secret. I put the Italian beef on the French fries. A lot of people who don't do gluten anymore or don't want the bread but can eat potatoes yeah so i'll get loaded fries with sans bacon and put italian beef and then the hot chardonnay peppers oh it's insane but get a half order (laughs) Um, and you can order this this lauren special well we call them karen fries um karen works with us now and she was with us about 10 years ago and it was during uh you know a jewish holiday when they couldn't have bread and you know, we developed those fries, and so we just we offer them, and we do, we call them Karen fries. We like everybody in the past, you know, to have a a, a little, little bit of lefties. Yeah, and we want to keep them around. You know, I mean, a lot of people. I mean, the personalities of the people who came when I was having babies um, really helped build lefties to what it is. You know, I mean, the pizza speaks for itself, but there's a certain personality of the people behind the counter, especially that 30th Street. Location, you know, Sean Luke Bohan, <laughs> Vita. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Everyone the, will remember them. <laughs> yeah. There's something really cool about the 30th Street location. Yeah, really I mean, cool. when I take my kid, he likes going to 
the uh, Golden Hill, or sorry, um, Mission Hills location. Uh-huh. But when I'm on my own, I prefer the little grittiness of North Park. Yeah, oh, completely. It's kind of like Luigi's, where oh, I take my kid to the one in Golden North Park. Hill. Oh, you do? Yeah, I take him to North Park. But when I just want to, you know, a little yeah. grimier, Golden I go to Hill. Golden Hill. And there's that location is the original. There's something, you know, really special about that one. Totally. I looked at that location before. Like we, we, we had been looking around for a place for lefties, and I had looked at that space. It was an ice cream. Uh, it was an ice cream. Yeah, uh-huh. it was. Uh, yeah, so. uh, she ended up opening a daily scoop up. Right. Yeah. Christine. Christine Krista. Krista. Yeah. And so. And she was another one I used to talk to all the time because I lived in South Park for a long time as well. You know. Yeah. The ladies at the big kitchen. You know, I've always um, had that business relationship too. But talk about closing. I mean, that that place is gone as well. Krista really. It was hard for her. Yeah. You know. And Rebecca. Oh my God. Right. Oh. Yeah, they didn't go there. <laughs> Here's a funny story. I talked to um, the owner of Vinyl Junkies. Oh, uh, Eric. Eric, Eric yes. Howarth. And he goes, can you imagine? It took me 15 years to go three, 30 feet. I know, <laughs> right? Because right? he, oh, he was there at Rebecca's. Yeah. Well, he was across the street where the at the Scoop. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Not Rebecca's. Uh, the, the Daily Scoop. That was the original. I My daughter um, would go to in-stores there. I mean, I lived right around the corner. So I've known Eric. That whole time, too. And then yeah. followed him, obviously, to Mission Hills. Oh, to Mission Hills, Hills right. Because he still had M-Theory then. And then he they moved, too, recently. Well, he sold. He yeah, sold yeah. that. Yes, they did move because um, the woman who owns the patio bought that whole yes, like, it's, block. I, I saw that. It was called, like, the patio yes. corner or patio yes. block now or something. Yes. She's an amazing real estate individual. I yeah. mean, I, I don't know her at all. I Gina Champion Kane, is yeah, that her name? But she does a good job with real estate for sure. And the patio is gorgeous. I mean, and then now that's an ice cream place where the old lefties was. Have you or tried the that? old M Theory? Oh, sorry, the old lefty the M- old M Theory. Yeah, yeah. Um I have not, but I send people there because <laughs> I don't have dessert. I mean I have cookies. Amazing cookies. My friend Leah from the Sugar Kiln here in town she makes. Um serves them at the symphony. I don't know if you've ever had them, but you no. should eat them. <laughs> And then the, that library there closed? Oh, that, and that was really fun. So the, like talking about like that community, because the difference, the change over there, it's the same families like North Park has. So if you're looking at the family vibe there, like even Stephen, and from the library to the new library, they did like a whole human line of books. Yeah, I One heard of, about oh, that. Oh, it was the coolest. Yeah. Gives me fun. chills. I know, right? <laughs> People that let's still love books, you know, there's, I mean, there's that. Yeah. I, you know, we we talked about thrifting off off mic. Uh-huh. It's one of the things that I look for, like old books, oh, yeah. and it's you know, vinyl books, vinyl books, and western wear, and western wear. <laughs> that's that's my go to uh, three things. And books are just lost in a lot of places. You know, with with Kindle and Audible and all these other other ways to get um, uh, reading material. You know. It's just a lost thing, these books, right. and you're getting them for a quarter, you know. And as we sit here and uh, in, a, in a newspaper uh, office, it's, it's uh, a shame that there's not more people reading right. because I think at the end of the day, we would be better off as, uh, you know, as a, as a culture, as, um, as, as a community, as people, yeah. the more well-read we are. Oh, absolutely. I recycle all my kids' books. I have bookshelves at the Goldfinch location, and the kids will bring books, and they'll trade them out. It's really cool there. I mean, I was a lit major, so 
reading is important to me. It's also one of the things that I like to do with children when they come in is get them to use their words because too few kids know how to do that. Like they can't come to the counter and order and I'm just be like, you know, I, I get right eye to eye day and, and they do it and the parents really appreciate it, you know, because a total stranger at a pizza place is going to bring them out and, and use their words and not be afraid to talk to somebody. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, all the screens and everything we don't really talk you might text and everything's misinterpreted or you know you delete it you don't even say what's off the top of your head like yeah. it, it goes through so many filters so what they do there is different families just show up and all of a sudden all these kids are becoming friends with each other in my backyard they're they're talking they're they're not distracted they're playing skee-ball and eating each other's pizza and they've never met before and they live in the same neighborhood and now all of a sudden there's this new community growing you know just by kids using their words and yeah. and not getting lost in a, a screen at the table you know I refuse to let it happen the minute I see a child with a screen at the table I bring him a little ball of dough <laughs> I do fantastic. yeah and I'm just like here you know and I'm like here's some sprinkles <laughs> and they love it they just and some kids will make a pizza and I'll bake it for them and what? the parents are constantly playing with the dough too so it's just all of a sudden it's an interactive experience for them yeah well, you know, here's the thing with kids. You don't know what sparks that inspiration that, you know, launches them into something, you know. What if you, like, touch dough and you're like, this is what I'm going to do, you know. It's, stuff oh, like that yeah. has happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I know my kid, like, he loves going to Grand Ole Barbecue. Yeah. And he's just like, I want to work for Andy. You know, <laughs> that's my first job. And I'm like, I think Andy will probably give you a job, I you know. I probably hire him right now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Um, <laughs> and but, he's like family to you, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I love Andy Harris. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's those little interactions that you have on a small level, minute, not even a thought to you, you know, because it comes so naturally that all of a sudden, you know, that kid's going to come back, you know, at lefties in 10 years and go, hey, I remember this one time. And then I want a job. And then now he's working for you, you know? So oh, I've you had just... several of them. Yeah. I've watched, I mean, 15 years, you watch a lot of kids grow up, you know? And I hire them now at the Goldfinch Street because they're a little bit young. But um, in the beginning of time, we had a lot of Saints boys, and a couple of them got to go on, and they've really, like, killed it in the culinary world. And we'll still, I mean, we just celebrated a 15-year thing, so we got a couple of messages from some, some of the boys um, to some of our original staff, you know, like saying, wow, you really opened my eyes and I wouldn't be here if it weren't for you and it's like dude you were a dishwasher and but a dishwasher at lefties you know where it's like look you're not going to be here forever we know you're more than this but let's be present do it right you know have fun I mean it's a job we all have to work and and now I mean one kid's in Peru like studying the culinary arts there for months and just wow. killing it at life you know yeah and these are the little victories that you uh, have as a business owner that no one can ever take away? No, those are the things, like, yeah, that's worth it. Yeah. And yeah. at the end of the day, I mean, I know my shop failed, right? I'm, I'm open and... Um, but it didn't. Look what it built you. Yes, I that's mean, the other thing. Holy cow. Um, but also it's this idea that, you know, some of the kids that went through my shop, like I still talk to today, today and I'll get messages on, you know, hey, I am drinking a mug that I got from your shop. And I'm like, I don't even have those mugs, but it's it's touching, right? Totally touching. And 
um, I got this really cool message about a year ago where this mom who used to come to my shop all the time with her son and she sent me a message uh, with a photo of this kid and you know it was a kid when he was 10 years old and it was then a picture of his kid of her kid graduating and I'm like showing this to my ex and I'm like holy you know this is too much (laughs) right do you remember this and she's like I remember that kid too right and so it's like these little things that people don't understand like um as a business owner, you you know, especially in a restaurant, it's 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 toxic sometimes the amount of stress and pressure that we're under to, you know, be consistent, stay open, pay bills, all these things, and then little things like that remind you that this is why we got into this. Every single day. Yeah. yeah. Every time it uh, person comes in and gives you any kind of compliment I mean it just floors me and I'm just so grateful that they take the time to even use their words you know I mean a lot of people don't want to talk to you unless they're they're mad about something I mean that's the stuff when you read Yelp and a thing to say that wasn't up to par and you know that's devastating it just it breaks your heart every bad Yelp review and it shouldn't it shouldn't matter at all because you can't please the whole world but because you are so invested as an owner as a small business owner you know it, it's your entire heart it's your entire like your everything it, it, it flows through your kids blood you know I mean they can't get away either so you know don't chip away at people you know just be uplifting and supportive and be like yeah my pizza was a little overdone and you know what I'm gonna do I'm like I'm gonna buy you a new one (laughs) or next time I'll hook you up or you know but if you get in my face and make me feel bad about I don't know I mean I I just went somewhere sorry (laughs) well no this is like one of the things that I always discuss on eating and drinking in San Diego I know is if you have a problem go to the person when you're in the restaurant because they can do something about it you know, at the yeah. end of the day, that's the thing. Like, no, no, I don't know a single owner that wants you to leave upset. No, God, right? no, no. Or, or even email the owner or email directly. You know, I mean, going directly to the public. You know, in the the heat of the moment, it does so much to a place. You know, it really, really does. I remember I got this pretty bad review when I had my shop. And I was like, man, I did everything for that guy. He was having a bad day, you know? And what do you do when someone comes in and they're having a bad day and you're trying to compensate for that man's bad day or that person's bad day? And And, and you're already having a bad day. No one cares about your bad day. Right. And then (laughs) that crushes you as an owner because you're like, I tried everything. (sighs) The guy didn't give me a chance to correct whatever issue, if there even was an issue, you know? Uh Uh-huh. And... Hopefully, like, people understand that when you do this to a small business, it it trickles down. Like, Huge. It, 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 it affects you personally because you don't want people to have a bad experience at your restaurant. And give me a chance to at least correct it. Right. You know? Right. It's very... I've, I've had to correct it, Edwin, by firing staff because people get so upset about a comment a staff member said or them rolling their eyes or you know I still have notes written from people that were like he stood there giving me hate looks you know and of of course my people are not standing there giving you hate looks but it it comes to a point that you you have to let your people go because the customer 
And it's just devastating because some of them you just you adore, you know, and or you think they're hilarious. And it was all in good humor, but it, it someone was having a bad day, you know. And not to mention all of the money invested in training that person to oh, be yeah. a great employee. Be a great employee. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like you know, practically ten grand to just train somebody. You know, I mean that's above just normal labor wage, so Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Unless um, I come to your business and I'm throwing like rotten tomatoes at your windows, you know, like then tell the world, like <laughs> the lady from Lefties is crazy, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and tell them, I mean, I don't know, but it's, yeah, you go out for a slice of pizza, you know, it's not always going to be perfect, you know? That was always the thing that I think, or that is the thing that I think a lot of businesses struggle with is consistency. Yeah, and I think, huge. Yeah. I think Lefties has remained positively consistent for 15 years like I can go there at 11 o'clock in the morning or 11 o'clock at night and it's pretty much the same pizza every single time and I don't know how many times you can say that outside of like in and out you know right because right, right. it all depends on the cook it all depends on you know the equipment and the product but I don't know how you do it. That's why I'm a big fan. Well, it's simple. I mean, we just keep it really simple. We make our dough every day. We let it rise a couple of days, you know. If we have new staff who don't really know how to make the dough, we'll make it at one place and bring it over. Um, you know, when, when we were going through those growing pains of, of training like we did this past year, I mean, there's a lot of inconsistency, in, but we were really aware of it, and so we, we took care of the customer if it wasn't enough, and then we started moving product um, we've talked a lot about doing that kind of commissary style like Phil does and and making everything at one place to keep it consistent right now we don't but just in the times of desperate need you know yeah uh, but yeah I mean we every day I think we try to perfect it even more it's we're never not there um, and we're never like resting at our lowers thinking that we have the best pizza because the what would be the fun in that? You know, like I like coming in fourth or fifth place. <laughs> <laughs> Underdog. At least they notice me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first is kind of like, where do you go from it's there? too much. What do you do? Like, oh my God. <laughs> I like third place. <laughs> we got the best hot dog the last time, you know, we were at the besties party and I looked at the guys from Barrio Dog, which I, I totally respect and admire. And I was like, God, I can't wait till you win this next year, you know, because <laughs> you deserve it, you know, like. My Chicago dog is rad, but it's it's Vienna, you know, and it's it's a, a dog that was already established. I mean, I didn't do anything new to that. It's just what is what it is, and it's something that we all grew up with. There's a hot dog shop on like every corner in Chicago. You know. Can you ha- can you tell me about your fries? You oh yeah. How how do how is it so? How are your fries so delicious all the time? Love. <laughs> <laughs> Double fried? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So and and soaked overnight. Oh. Okay. So we um yeah we fresh cut um, Canavac potatoes and that's no secret everybody uses them if they yeah. want good fries. Um and then we like to make them bigger. We don't like the little shoestring. I mean I do personally like shoestring fries, but I think that's just what we grew up with. So we let them soak overnight to bring out a lot of the starch. Yes. Because that can really ruin a fry. And then we do a par fry. We don't do a full, like, we keep our temperature really low in the morning, and we par fry a bunch of fries. And then we put them back in the fridge, because um, that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> and then <laughs> we fry them again, you know? And um, 
mostly we like do it extra crispy. Yeah. But some people don't like that. And then we have a lot of like different thing ways of doing fries that are also secrets, you know, about just putting them together with different sauces or tossing them with the seasoning that we put on our most fantastic burger. <laughs> I've never had a burger at your you place. Are, you are in for a treat then. So, yeah. The burger is like the best kept secret. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> ridiculously delicious. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm getting next time. Cool. Yeah. So two of my favorite fries are like within a mile of each other. It's Blind Lady's French fries. Yeah. Um, and also your Lefty's French fries. Two of my favorite things uh, in San Diego when it comes to fries. Um, so thank you very much. I for... got to go to Blind Lady for their fries. I also looked at that space before it was like the bread shop before it was bl- Blind Lady. Yeah, because it was a la Francaise. Yeah, I wanted to go in there because the, the brick, and it was really close to Rosie O'Grady's, which is another Chicago bar, um, and on Adams Avenue. You know, yeah. But just, we fell into Phil's That's a- instead. That would have also been a uphill climb because... A huge uphill climb, yeah, and a lot of build-out. Like, I think that was a, another part of it, you know, because nothing was really built out before. Yeah. Yeah. But and that's another character in town. Lee Chase is... I idolize that guy. I mean, I don't know him at all, but, I mean, I'm just so enamored with what he's done, you know? I Lee mean, Chase is fantastic. Yeah. I was just we, looking we at a job, he, a job offer at Panama 66. I was like, I want to go work there. <laughs> Listen to the podcast. I'm going to go get a job. <laughs> Listen to the podcast I did with Lee. And okay. he's so humble and so fantastic. Yeah. And, um, his business partner, Jeff Mach, is also fantastic. I recently heard this thing. Jeff Mach and Dave Lively of Fall, they owned a business together, a graphics business. And oh, I bet that was fun. <laughs> I wanted to be in that office, you know. Right. And so, like, two of the two of the standout graphic designers end up doing two great breweries, in essence. You know, like yeah. between Blind Lady and Fall Brewing, uh, they're two of my favorite places in the not only in the area, but graphically, I think they're two of the best branding jobs you can oh, you can get. Heck yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 100%. And the communities that they've built around them too. I yeah. Mean, I didn't know that. I mean, that's it makes sense. That kind of creativity. Wow. Yeah, they're amazing places. What well, why what do you love about Lee Chase? I I love his brand. I love how he conjured the community, you know, like all the blind ladies just I mean, amazing things and then taking over the sculpture garden oh my gosh that was my favorite place with my kids when they were tiny and he just did such a wonderful job and he just really supports music in town as just as much as we try to you know well more so of course (laughs) but yeah i mean and he wasn't in the business before and that's that's he was just a not just a brewer but he was the brewer for stone yeah yeah well hadn't run it you know what i mean but yeah i uh heard this kind of um shocking story that uh, recently it was the um, Adams Avenue Unplugged series. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. And so um, I talked to Jeff about it uh, not too long ago and I said, hey, what's how does that work for you? He goes, I love it because there are people actually go to my venue for food, beer, music during 
a street fair, they just come to my place to use the bathroom. And he goes, every single street fair, something goes wrong with my bathroom. <laughs> something is destroyed in my bathroom. Yeah, totally. And I'm like, wow. Why do people do that? I know, it's just ridiculous. Again, one more thing that people, you know, you might not do it, but someone is doing this, yeah. you know? And that's coming out of your pocket. That's coming out of a business's pocket and bottom line. Yeah, and you're the owner and you're in there and you're plunging and you're bleaching and you're making sure that nobody's like getting near it. And I mean, it's what you do. Yeah. You stick your arms in the grease trap. Like, that's what you do. Is it hard being a business owner in California? Straight up. Yes. It, it's almost closed me years ago. Um, you know, we got our first audit from the Board of Equalization, which is now the California Department of Tax and Labor Board. <laughs> Why did it change their name? Um, they came in and audited us and uh, fined us over a hundred thousand um, dollars. Because as a as a small business owner as well, keeping like great records, you know, for pizza you give away to the school, or you know, you're just going you're like, hey, make that school twenty pizzas. They're doing a fundraiser for sixth grade camp. You know, we give them pizza, they sell it. Boom. For us, it's like, we gave you 20 pizzas. We didn't write it off. We didn't say, hey, I gave them 20 pizzas. We just did it. You know, it's just, we're busy. We're flying by the seat of our pants. We want to support people, you know. And they came in. They do their creative accounting. You know, they said, well, you should have, you know, sold this much. You bought this much stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, we gave a bunch of pizzas away to this place and this place. And, I mean, it's like Wounded Warrior. I mean, it's all nonprofit, you know, and... So they add that into their physical number <laughs> and then find me $100,000. Oh, my goodness. And then, yeah, it was really, I, I my IRA went to that, um, which I had forgotten I had had. So I was lucky that <laughs> I had something. And then they came and audited me again two years later. And I got a lawyer, which, you know, right off the bat is 30 grand. Um, and they took me for another $50,000. So $200,000. $200,000 to the, when I'm already paying my sales tax, I mean, you have, you, you can't not pay your sales tax. It's the thing you do. You collect it, you give it to them. Um, so on top of that, yeah. So that is just kind of devastating, you know, and they don't want to, they don't want to help you. They want to take your money, you know, and I'm just churning it and just keep going and everything that I make, I put it back in. Like, I don't often pay myself or my mortgage, you know, it's just, it's a thing, but you know, I still want to go there and make people happy and, you know, take your baby off your hands so you can enjoy your meal or, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, they're not, they're not the easiest to work with in the state. But I also had, I was in the patio, um, situation, you know, so way back, out your patio. they were tried to shut down my patio on 30th street. And they would come by every week and put a fine for $1,000 because my patio was still standing there, you know. And back when, before the bid, the, the North Park Main Street um, was North Park Main Street that it is today. We were too far south, so we weren't part of North Park Main Street. But there was um, Omar Passan, yeah. He, um, you know, he did a little research and he saw, you know, that we were perfectly in our right to have our patio and he said you're on the up and up and we paid our prow permits you know and like when we gave money to the north park main street people because we wanted to see that grow and 
the city came in and was like, no, your patio is illegal. Thousand bucks. And it, that was just the daily fine, basically. I mean, it, and they didn't come every day, but it was just that was just the fine. I mean, I paid probably four thousand dollars in fines. They wanted thirty thousand dollars for my less than you know a hundred square foot patio. I mean, it's what six by thirty, you know, because that's more than a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Math. <laughs> um. So when that was happening, the city was going after Brooklyn girl as well because they were putting chairs out on the street which was just very New York and cool and um, the bid lady over there Jerry uh, started taking me down to plead my case with the city and you know I got to go to the court hearings and I got to you know speak out about like look we can't afford this it's it's completely unnecessary to, to do this to us so that's when all the change happened was right then and then I saved my patio and yeah, it was pretty cool. And then they did it to Karen, you know. And, I mean, what? why did they come after us? Like little tiny people and not the, the big ones, you know. It's just like I don't have a lawyer. I don't have, you know, that I'm just going to pay them or go on a payment plan. Or I love this city. <laughs> Here's the thing. We do. All of us love this city, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, we're doing what we can to bring the city forward. Mm-hmm. And we just, um, at the you know, I think businesses need to be given a little of an edge. They're paying sales tax. They're employing people. Oh my God, They're right? changing communities. They're building up your <sighs> infrastructure as far as, um, you know, city sidewalks and all these other things that we have to do as small businesses to get into a place. And then it just is a lot more difficult for everybody. It is. By, every, by the minute, it seems. Yeah. You know? I mean, I guess that's how the machine churns. It's just, it's, it's got to keep growing bigger somewhere, and, and people have to feed it. And, you know, we're good at that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Lauren, it's been, um, it's been fantastic talking to you. Yeah, Tell us the address of both locations and how we follow you on social media and all these other things so we can throw 10 million people your way. Oh, that'd be awesome. So 10 million people, you can come to the Goldfinch Street location because it's a little bit bigger <laughs> at 4030 Goldfinch Street. That's in Mission Hills. Um, the original, the grimy, gritty, true mom and pop is in North Park, and that's at the corner of Myrtle and 30th Street at 3448 30th Street. And you can find me at leftiespizza.com and our Instagram. I don't even know. I think it's Lefty <laughs> Chicago Pizzeria, but I've been locked out of that account for a while. <laughs> Here's to another 15 years, seriously. No. Thanks, Edwin, and thanks for what you do for the community. I love your eating and drinking San Diego. I mean, it's just, it really is a great platform, so uh, honored to it was, be here. It, it was made you. for you guys. I know. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Dish It Up with host Edwin Rial and guest Lauren Hodson of Lefty's Chicago Pizzeria. This podcast is a monthly collaboration between Pacific Magazine and the Facebook group Eating and Drinking in San Diego and is hosted on the UT Podcast Network. A special thanks to our sound editor, John Kelly, for making sure you can hear us loud and clear. I'm Jennifer Ayani, managing editor of Pacific Magazine, and I'm here to wrap things up with a few food and drink events coming to San Diego. On Saturday, May 18th, just before the series finale, 
head to the Game of Thrones-inspired beer festival at the Irenic. This themed gathering includes tastings of more than 20 medieval craft beers with a live soundtrack provided by the Targaryen sisters and the Westeros party band. Check out eventbrite.com for more info. The always popular I Love Pokey Festival returns to the Bally High on Shelter Island. On May 21st, culinary artists from Philly, Hawaii, and everywhere in between join more than 30 hometown chefs to individually prepare their signature pokey styles during this competitive cooking event. Go to onoyum.com for all the details. Vista, the one-time strawberry capital of the world, celebrates the florid fruit with craft beer, carnival rides, and strawberry-centric activities. Find more info about the May 26th Vista Strawberry Festival at vistastrawberryfest.com. This is just the first serving of great food and drink events. More can be found at pacificsandiego.com. Be sure to follow Pacific on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with the handle at PacificSD for more cool events to keep you busy all year long. Cheers. Cheers.